So misophonia is undiagnosable disorder that has to do with sound. Most popular one is chewing, where it's just not like, oh, it's very annoying. Can you stop doing that? It's like the world ending if I don't get away from you. And it's like a fight or flight reaction. It's like an anxiety attack times two. Hello, welcome to another episode of Buddy Hugs and Mental Health, free safe space for people to share and learn from others' experiences with mental health and addictions. I'm Todd Rennebaum, suicide attempt survivor and recovering substance abuser. Thank you for joining me for another episode. This one is with Shane Harif, I believe you say it. Uh, he's had experience with podcasts. He's also a writer. Uh, he also suffers from misophonia. And that is when your body goes into fight or flight, anxiety driven, and it's triggered from sounds or noises or chewing gum is usually a, a big one or chewing. Uh, anyway, he, he's going to talk about that. He's also had anxiety and depression uh, in his younger years, but it, it, it's come worse with the misophonia. Now, this episode is also on YouTube. You can check that out, Bunny Hugs and Mental Health on YouTube, and there's a whole bunch of whole bunch of episodes on there. Uh, some of them are, are old interviews that I've kind of brought to light now in, in the video form, so some of the production isn't great, but uh, the conversations are amazing, so you can check all that out. Also, I've got a major announcement coming up in the next week or so, uh, and that's going to be also very exciting, so stay tuned for that. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Bunny Hugs Podcast. And on Facebook, Bunny Hugs and Mental Health. But anyway, let's get to the interview. So without further ado, I give you Shane. So I've had mental health issues. That sounds kind of harsh. Um, I have had depression and anxiety since, uh, since I was a teenager. And, uh, you know, back then, not to date myself, to age myself but like back then it was like do not say any to anyone you're going to see a shrink or you're depressed because people think you're crazy from the 90s all the way up till like maybe six seven years ago i saw it progress where it was getting better and better and people were able to talk about it and then um i moved to london in 2017 and i got into uh then i found out about defeat depression which is an organization funded by the Mood Disorders Association of Canada. They do a, a yearly walk here in London. And I started to uh, volunteer with them, just doing little minor things within the committee. And that kind of like, and then, you know, COVID happened and I got into my background was in radio. So I went to broadcasting school. I love radio. I used to do radio uh, podcasts with Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth called Geeks and Beats. So I was in around broadcasting for, for from 2014 to like 2019, got laid off. And then I kind of it was lost and I didn't really know what to do. So I was listening to all these wrestling podcasts and different podcasts. And I was like, I could do so much better than them. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I should do better than them. And I came up with this idea of doing this one show called Shower for the Soul which is like a talk show, just like yours, um, battling different issues about depression and anxiety and stuff. But this is before my misophonia. This was like fall 2019 going into 20. So um, I was talking about depression and anxiety and 
back to school and, you know, things like that. I had Aaron Davis, who was a big radio announcer in, in, on, in Canada. Um, she dropped a book about her daughter um, passing away. So I had her on the, on, on the show and then Mr. Then COVID happened. <laughs> and we started talking a lot about uh, the COVID thing, but go, ask, answering your question through defeat depression and through that, I just thought it was just something needed something else needed that someone can speak up to. Um, I remember talking to my dad and us saying that, you know, you should get her head checked as much as we get the rest of her body checked, where OHIP could pay for a yearly consultation with the, with the therapist um, oh. as part of our yearly uh, checkup and, or full body exam. And I was like, you know what? It should be regular that we can talk to people and say, hey, I'm going to a therapist tomorrow, the one at Link Up After, just like you say, I'm going to get my head shaved tomorrow, do you want to Link Up After? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I thought with the podcast, I'll bring more awareness to it and and just let it be more casual. My talk show was more casual where we would be able to be open and talk about issues that Five, five, six years ago, it was kind of like. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't realize you had a podcast as well. Yeah. And it's mostly mental health stuff, like you said? Yeah. So I had a, a few. So I had met the shower for the soul. And then I had a, a rinse, which was kind of like a vice TV type of documentary. Very hard hitting. A lot of music background. Um, it was a 10 minute thing and a lot of news clips and um it just hit different topics very quickly and then i had fight or flight which was what i did about the misophonia um and my battles with the misophonia starting from the very beginning all the way to basically where i was when i was recording it and then i'm a big wrestling fan so there's one called i uh everything i've learned in life i've learned from wrestling so little wrestling stories i've learned in my 30 something years of watching wrestling and, uh, and how it impacted my life and how I mm. turned those stories into life lessons. Nice. Mm. Um, oh, you also wrote a book. Yeah. So I, uh, just wrote a book and it's called recapturing my mental health through short stories. Um, so that was, I was doing a lot of writing. I've always written since I was a kid. Um, that's what I was doing with Geeks and Beats. I was doing their blog. Um, and I also did some a lot of freelance writing, but I was also having fun with poetry around less time last year. And I was saying them to my mom and like people who would read them. And my mom's like, you should read a, write a book, like an e-book about stories. And it's something that I thought of doing um, when I was a teenager because I... So by the time I was 17, when I was thinking of writing this book, I almost died in the hospital from Sick Kids Hospital from a back surgery. Um, my parents divorced, um, you know, teenage battles of life, love, family, uh, friend trauma, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. So as a 17-year-old, you think, you know, I've encountered everything in my life so far, and it's big, and everyone wants to read it. So I thought that everyone would want to read about my book. And I was a big Wonder Years fan. So, you know, I thought I was just a little Fred Savage. 
And uh, so I came up with Shower for the Soul, which later would become the name of my podcast. So I thought, well, maybe I should write a book and I can't use Shower for the Soul. So I came up with this recapturing my mental health through short stories. And it's just basically what it is. It's just short stories talking about my scoliosis surgery in 1992 to being um, on the floor picking up cocaine and um, having my friends support me on not drinking for 97 days to a little bit about my misophonia um, situation and COVID and different stories like that. And it's, uh, yeah, so it took basically around a year and a half to uh, write or a year, a year to write. I, uh, I have my own book. It's a kid's book and it took four years to write. So you did pretty good. (laughs) So, so you, did you have some substance abuse as well through, through those periods? Yeah. So, um, yeah, you, you know, you're, you're a product of your environment. There was a lot of drugs around when, in my friend groups. So, and you know, when you're depressed and you don't really feel like living for tomorrow, but not that bad where, you know, you want to go home and off yourself, but you just felt like, Oh, I don't care. You know, I don't care anymore. And some white stuff comes around your way and it adds to the party and your drinking experience. Of course you would do it. So that's what I did. Um, I was never one to uh, buy it as much. Like I was not that addicted. If it was around, it was around and I'll just do it. It just happened that it was always around me. Um, so you mooched it off everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I'd rather buy beer. (laughs) I'd rather go to the bar and sit at a table and just talk all night rather than doing whatever. But, uh, yeah, it was offered. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's what the Russians for. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So I, um, I basically did that a lot. I say from 2007 to like 2015 through that time I was on my floor in my bedroom and I had to call my friend from who was living in the UK at the time to say what's going on. And this is what I'm literally doing on the floor right now. I mean, I love the drug. It's just not something I'll do anymore. I think it's just, I think that's just age and just growing older and wiser. Mm-hmm. I, I'm much more of a pub guy. I would just rather spend my night at the, at the pub and just drink mm-hmm. and do some shots. Um, okay. That sounds good. Um, so it's not like you had to go to treatment or anything like that. You just, you just kind of grew out of it. You're like, okay, that was a fun phase time to. Yeah. I, I did do, I do, I did do some addiction counseling in 2004, 15, mm. but that was mainly for alcohol. Um, okay. So now down to the misophonia stuff, because mm-hmm. This is the stuff that uh, I, I I haven't talked to anyone about before, and um, I relate to it very much. So, so maybe explain a little bit what misophonia is. So, misophonia is undiagnosable disorder that has to do with sound. Most popular one is chewing, where people are afraid of, or just can't stand being around people chewing, and and it's like a fight or flight reaction. Where it's just not like, oh, it's very annoying. Can you stop doing that? It's like the world ending if I don't get away from you. 
Like I need to leave or else I'm going to get really mad or and angry and I'm just going to, you know, throw stuff. You know, for example, so there's repetitive sounds on the TV sometimes that I hate. And if I can't find my remote control or the mute button, even though those are like maybe 20 seconds, it feels like 20 minutes mm-hmm. and the world's ending. And I need to find that remote control to press mute. Um, it's like an anxiety attack times two, you know, it's, it's crazy. Mm. And um, so for, for me, it's uh, sounds. Uh, it started off when I was living in the basement of my mom's house and uh, she lived upstairs and I would just hear her walking uh, above me. And it was weird because I never, it was never like I was there for a year and something. And suddenly something happened one day and it just started getting on my nerves. So it's not something that you've, you've lived with forever. It, it, it was like a, like a physical ailment. It just, it appeared one day. Yeah. No, I, I was thinking about this also a while ago. I remember having these kind of reactions, but I just thought it was just annoying. So there was one time I was walking home from the mall, bags in both hands. Now, my sister is one of those, hello, send, how are you, send, (laughs) can you talk to mom, send kind of texters. So hands full, my phone's vibrating, making sounds because of her texting. I know it's her. And I'm just like five feet away from my house. And I wanted to get home. Home, but those five feet seemed like again twenty minutes because I these the sound was irritating. Um, she's also one of those repetitive uh, doorbell ringers, mm-hmm. which also got on my nerves. So I never associated those two before with misophonia. Uh, I just knew they were just really, that was just a thing that would get on my nerves. But the first time I found out about it and what really sparked it and sparked like me losing my job and everything was mom's footprints or footsteps. And uh, yeah, it was, it was bad because back then it was like, I don't know what's going on with Shane. And I didn't know what was happening. So she was, she was worried about me not knowing if I was going crazy or if I was on drugs or I was like, you know, what's like, what's happening. And meanwhile, I'm like, what's going on with myself? Why am I acting like this? Mm. You know? And you actually lost your job? Yeah, that was like a year later when I moved into this building I'm in now. But I originally lived in, again, in the basement. And there was a spa on top of me. Again, the footprint, footsteps and everything during the day. And I had to take a couple of mental health days. And I was taking some pills for my anxiety, which uh, made me faint during a shift. What, what what was your job then? Uh, I was I was doing some kind of customer service with an at home company where I would be basically their uh, receptionist. So all these different companies from the United States would call this one number, and you had to pretend to be their front desk person, and you know, and you like hundred calls a day, and that too. Again, that was something else that I had to take care and really look at and see if. Because uh, there's different sounds that happens while you're wearing those headsets, and then just people being 
people and just as you know customer service stuff yeah uh it 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 took a lot and which was again something else that was weird because my basically my whole life i've done customer service stuff so suddenly it just started again to bug me and annoy me and um yeah so i i had to stop working Mm. well i can relate to a lot of what you're saying um (laughs) if you talk to my little sister while she's 40 but um she tells talks about this all the time how i would like as a kid i would like flip out on her for eating and it was like not because she was eating but it was like because of her chewing i'd be like oh my god get away from me you know like (laughs) you know like siblings do and and she she, so uh, i she says i i may have caused a complex in her (laughs) about her chewing (laughs) yeah and it depends on the sound right because I mean, lots of people find noises irritating, but if it's to the point you're like flipping out on people, it's uh, it's a little different. Like I've I've had cars where I'm like pulling over and like ripping the car apart, finding what is that rubbing or squeaking sound in the back seat? Like what is doing that? You know, or you're like smashing, punching the dash because there's something in the dash that's yeah, like, fucking yeah. shut up! <laughs> you're like flipping yeah. out. and no one else can hear it. Yeah, yeah, or or they like, oh yeah. And well, now that you pointed out, I guess I can hear it. it was like, yeah. what do you mean? Why is that not consuming you? Like, <laughs> like for me that I've I've always been like that, but I've never heard of it just coming on like a cold <laughs> to someone before. Yeah, it seems like yeah, kind of yeah. It was kind of like a cold because it just it just started one day. I, I I had no idea what was happening, and. I started to leave the house like maybe around two o'clock in the afternoon and just leave because I knew what my mom would be doing. So I knew around two o'clock she would finish work and then start doing everything in the living room area, which was right above me. So I would make sure that I could leave the house by that time. Um, When we still didn't know what was happening, um, I took a staycation in London this was November 2019, so it was before COVID. We might be confusing some people because you talked about living in, you had a friend in the UK, but you're living in London. So there is a London, Ontario in Canada. Yeah. So yes. for those of you not in Canada, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's where Shane lives, not uh, yes. London, England. So anyway. A way smaller one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Back to back to where you were. Um, so I had a staycation in London, Ontario, Canada. And just for me to get away from... This is what I was writing my podcast at the time, doing a couple of episodes, and I just couldn't work at home. So I spent a week, and and it was fine. I liked the the freedom and stuff. Um, but then again, when I got back home, it started again. And while there was rift between myself and my mom, throughout that whole time, we knew that it wasn't us, or wasn't she knew it wasn't me. She knew that it's something that I have that we haven't found yet. Right. But for me, right. on the flip side, when, and I'm sure this is with other people with misophonia, when someone is chewing at, next to you at the dinner table, you don't blame the chewing, you blame them. So n- suddenly they're the ones who are doing it on purpose. Um, and they're not the one who's being considerate to you. So, At the beginning with this, my mom, I would tell my mom, hey, listen, your stomping is really bothering me. And to me, it was stomping and not stepping. 
um, you're stopping is really bothering me. Can you just kind of like try to do something with it? She's like, I can't. It's just, she was living her life. She shouldn't attack, mm -hmm. right? But to me, it was just like, well, she should have give made that extra effort, you know? And that's when you take it personally. It, it's not just affecting, like, it's not just irritating you. You you take it personally and it's like, you, uh, you're irrational with it. Yeah. I was just diagnosed with ADHD six or seven months ago. Uh, and I know that having mis misophonia is a bit of a comorbidity with autism and ADHD. And um, have you been diagnosed with, with either of those? Not with autism, but just I think around five, six months ago, um, I was diagnosed with a form of ADHD, which was more of in, in social aspects. So I could make coffee for myself here, fine. But if I have a group of people here, I would probably drop the coffee or make a mistake making the coffee, which explains it's kind of like when you do, you make, you create a test for yourself for school and you ace it and you can do it. But once you're in that study in the, in the classroom and you're trying to do that test and everyone's around you, you can't, it's that. And mm. that's explained, totally explains why I always sucked at the exam. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, they kind of, yeah, they did diagnose me with a form of ADHD. I guess that kind of makes sense that, <laughs> that <laughs> those two are linked, but, um, hmm. May, or maybe, maybe you've always had misophonia. It's just, maybe it's, I don't know, maybe you've just noticed it more lately or no, you're self-aware now, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cause yeah, it's something you just live with. Right. So every day I, I like, now that I'm living on the upper level of the, the same building and there's no one above me, uh, all the all the triggering sounds are mainly from the TV or from YouTube, like annoying commercials, music. Country music, man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's, um, it's rough. I've had <laughs> jobs where it's like the radio is on all day in the shop and it's country music and it's like, I, I found it hard to get out of bed to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> I might lose some listeners for that, but it's like, seriously, it's like, oh my God, I can't, Gosh, I can't. Now you again. Yeah, I can't do this anymore. I have to quit. But yeah, it, it's stuff that I can control and it's stuff that I can like, you know, literally press mute on. But yeah, and it, it's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, and then, you know, there's different sounds that you kind of, like I pick up sometimes. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of irritating. But I, what I've tend to started to do actually this past summer, I have no AC in this apartment. So if I've had super fans on, I have like five fans in this apartment. Um, and they all have their own little squeaky sound. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> so, I swear to God. I swear to God. You are like, every word you're saying is like in my head as you're saying it. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I've learned through my experience with mental health and addictions is you never know what you need to hear until you hear it. Make sure to rate and review on Apple and to tell as many people as you can about the podcast so others can hear something they need to hear from one of my guests. After all, this is a free mental health service, which is a rare thing, so why not share with as many people as you can? Today's episode of Bunny Hugs and Mental Health is brought to you by Co-op. I've been a member of my local co-op, Sherwood Co-op, for, oh, about 
25 years, I think. My co-op is one of more than 150 local independent cooperative associations in more than 600 communities across Western Canada. Co-op is a different kind of business. It's not just a gas bar or a grocery store, although co-op is those things too. At its core, co-op is a group of people working together to help their neighbors and build their community. Co-op members are owners and success is shared with everyone. Your co-op doesn't benefit one person or one corporation. Your co-op was built for everyone. Your co-op was built for your community. Learn more about co-op and find a location near you at co-op.crs. So, um... What I've been able to do, and I've been able to do with this with the squeaky sounds rather than the TV commercials and stuff, is associate the squeaky sounds. So, like for me, the squeaky sounds remind me of going to Vegas and staying at a hotel, like at MGM or Caesars. You know how their AC used to be squeaky, like associating those sounds with these sounds. So you're, I'm like, I'm kind of connecting good times with the fans. Mm. So I'm not thinking of them as annoying sounds. I'm thinking of them as I'm in Vegas and I'm at Caesar's palace in a nice suite. And we're going to go swimming soon. (laughs) (laughs) I have to try that. Yeah, (laughs) man. Like there's times in the middle of the night, I'm like shaking my fan because it's. Yeah. (laughs) My wife's like, what are you doing? (laughs) I cannot live in this room like this. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, same. So have, have you, are these just um, uh, coping skills you, you've you kind of come up with on your own? Or are you talking to a professional about it? Or I did talk to a couple of uh, professionals since this whole thing happened. Um, and I think they mentioned something about it. It's just something I came up with myself of trying to cope with with the fan sounds because I knew I had to live with them for the, for the rest of the summer. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's like I've had it, had most misophonia for the past three years now. So I'm starting to kind of understand how to cope with it and little, little side hustles I could do to avoid the, the fight or flight type of reactions, which I've had, I haven't had in a while. So Mm, good. Yeah. Yeah. The chewing one is tough. Cause it's like, you, I mean, it's not like you can hit mute on someone chewing, but I've, yeah, yeah, over the years, I've just like accepted that, you know, it's me, it's not them. It's temporary. The, mm-hmm. the, the mule will be over soon, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I, Actually, I have a friend who uh, is a waitress and we were talking about misophonia one night and uh, she's like, yeah, it's the chewing. I'm like, how can you do it? He's like, well, I'm not sitting, standing next to them while they're eating, right? Yeah. And it just gives her more excuse to stay busy and walk around and stuff. So she's never really hitting a table and spending enough time to hear them chew, if that makes sense. Uh, it's definitely affected relationships in my life. I, I had a coworker that I was close with, and he would do this weird noise with his mouth once in a while. <laughs> it was like I can't really? have, I couldn't have coffee with him anymore. It was like I had to leave the room and. I was like, no, I can't, I can't. Um, yeah. Um, and in, in high school it was chewing gum. There was a guy that would sit behind me and it was like the entire class. So it wasn't like a meal where it was like, you know, there's a bit of chewing and then not, it was just like this constant behind me and it was like, 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck. Yeah. How about kissing sounds on TV? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, huh. uh, yeah, I know. Actually, you know what? I wouldn't even notice, but my wife watches a lot of like The Bachelor and all these kind of dating <laughs> reality shows. So it's just been the last while where people are like kissing on reality shows or it's like, oh my God, that's so. Well, well, there's the beeping when like Jersey Shore, I love Jersey Shore and I've been watching the new season, which is amazing. Um, uh, Sam is back, which is cool. But um, uh the, the beeps when they when they swear a lot and oh, they have yeah. to do the beeps mm-hmm. that yeah that's that's kind of uh, annoying or yelling just dumb yelling like like the girls from Jersey Shore you know um, sometimes I have to turn that on. Um, my wife doesn't watch that but she watches a lot of Real Housewife of different cities and so <laughs> she'll watch it in the bedroom but even from the bedroom I can hear beep. Beep, 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 like yeah. through the wall. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, huh? That's interesting. So, so is is uh, like having to quit a job the the biggest setback? I guess misophonia has has caused you. I think so. Yeah, yeah. There was like now I have to tread very carefully of what I what I take and uh, what I do. Um, I was just doing market research with a company I worked with 20 years ago. Then I took a really long lunch break and came back to them. And that was fine because it's it's not like every call and you're kind of controlling the call volume. So it was the incoming calls that were really annoying me. Um, and you don't really get a lot of dumb people when you do market research. Mm-hmm. It's just your opinion and yes or no, strongly agree, you know. Uh, so yeah, so I was able to do that. Ideally, I would love to do just like I just like to do some writing, you know, for work and and stuff like that. But like, yeah, I mean, there, I, I'm sure there's everything I do. I'm going to encounter some type of misophonia, some triggers. Uh, so I just have to, you know, prepare myself. It's kind of like depression. <laughs> you know, you wake up every morning, you're like, okay, well, is it going to hit me today or not? Yeah, yeah. And just like, come prepared. Have you ever heard of synesthesia? No. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, it's where some people, they can hear a name or or they'll see music in color. or And, and it's also a very common thing with, well, I shouldn't say very common, but it's, most, it's more common with like ADHD and autism than neurotypical people, but... Yeah, there's a lot of things with the senses that people neuro, oh, neurodivergent people kind of go through. Yeah, do you do you have sensitivities with with fabrics or anything like that, like with touch or light or anything else? Oh no, no, those are fine. All my other senses are pretty good. It's just uh, it's just the sounds. What I read over the weekend, which is pretty cool, is that Walmart is going to start doing uh, sensory hours. For those with autism, mm. so they're going to have dimmer lights and um, quieter music just for people who can't shop in a regular shopping hours with you know full on full blast music and full blasts lights and everything. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, uh, I used to work in theater, 
uh, and we would have certain performances that were for people with um, with autism and people that couldn't take too much. Uh, oh, what do you call it? I can't think of the word. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, it's kind of like sensory, um, sensory overload kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like, um, good, uh, not good world hunting, uh, Mr. Holland's opus, mm, what he did yes. for his son. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was cool, but also working in theater was a nightmare for me because <laughs> while like I, I used to be the carpenter, I build sets and stuff and I'd be in my shop working and like all day long, over and over and over and over and over again, they're rehearsing in the theater, which I can hear from my shop, the same song from like uh, Little Mermaid, like 30 times a day. And it's like, yeah, fuck. <laughs> like it was yeah. like that country music thing again, but it was like, oh my <laughs> God. If I hear that song over time, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I used to work, I did, um, I worked from home with Rogers, Rogers cell phone customer service. And and tech and they still have the same holding music. And I always told them like, dude, you guys own how many radio stations? <laughs> Can't you just put in like CHFI or 680 news or, you know, and instead of having the, literally the same song played over and over again for your hold music. <laughs> <laughs> your communications company for Christ's sake. They're like the Roger Rogers, like the Comcast of Canada. Canada. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've talked to a couple people from London on the podcast, actually. What's with that? Are you all talking? You're like, you, you got to get on this podcast. I don't know. <laughs> I, I would love to. I'd love to talk to other people. Um, Defeat Depression has a pretty good uh, backing. Um, either, I, this year, I was the first, I was the, I was the chair for this last year's uh, run, last in, in May, hmm. at uh, Victoria Park, which is like our town square. I think every city has uh, a Victoria Park. <laughs> yeah, and then in Toronto has Victoria Park Avenue. Oh yeah, Regina has Victoria Park. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't know if you know that, but I'm in Saskatchewan. But uh, yeah, uh, so yeah, I know there's a lot of backing. I just have yeah, I just haven't really met in a lot of other people. Hmm. Yeah, there's a, a young lady who was she was in a car accident and she had to like, learn how to walk and all this stuff that I talked to from London. Um, and she actually lost a, a friend in the, in the car accident too. She was, she was a really great guest. Um, oh, wow. anyway, um, <laughs> I told you, I, I, I go off track once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the thing about, um, uh, I was going to say the thing about misophonia is it does affect your mental health. Like it's not just why well, any of these kind of sensory kind of issues affect mental health. It's like trying to work all day while someone's jabbing a needle in your eye <laughs> you know, exactly. kind of, and it's like it, exactly. it, uh, yeah i i don't know how else to explain it it's um well first before i knew it was misophonia I, I thought i was going crazy and i don't know what was wrong with me so that was kind of like you ego deflator um but yeah it it's um it's kind of a upsetting to go through it because you're kind of like what's happening with me and why am I like this? And then you're going, I like when I wake up in the morning, how, like, for example, when I was living in the basement, I was always on guard. So I don't know how many appointments she would have, but sometimes when she didn't even have appointments, she would be in there cleaning. So 
I would wake up and have her there at nine o'clock and I'm hearing her footsteps. So I put on my headphones and then I kind of like, like, okay, is that it for the day? And you're kind of like, you. I wasn't living my life fully because for the rest of the day, I was kind of like, what's she going to do now? And this is during lockdown. So I, it's not like I really could have gone anywhere. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to live your life and then something else happens. It's up there again. And you're like, okay, how long is this going to be? And it ends up being like 20 minutes and you're already going, you know, buck wild and you're debating if leaving the house and going for a walk or something like that. So yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it fucks with your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's constantly fight or flight and the constant anticipation yeah. of like, oh God, I know it's coming and there's nothing I can do about it. And I, I'm sure I don't have it as bad as some people, but still it's. So are are you self-diagnosed? Like, did you kind of just put your symptoms into Google and, and? At first I did. And then I went to the doctor and my doctor, that's when she said she couldn't really diagnose me because they don't recognize as phony as anything. And that's when they were giving, then she did some images on my head and she found atrophy on the on the front part of my head. And that's when she recommended to me, recommended me to the head doctor, who was the one who, who diagnosed me with AGHT. But yeah, so I then I, I I then there was a there's a center here called Daya Counseling, and I saw two of the counselors, and they both said, yeah, you do have misophonia, and you know, this was really what's happening. So they they gave I forgot the name of the pills, but they're really really heavy. Uh, anxiety pills where like, you know, when you're, uh, I don't know if you're in a, I don't know if you're ever did this, but when you're in a big high, you feel like your body's way too heavy. And like, if you're stepping up on the stairs, your footsteps feel really heavy. And it's just, that's how, that's the kind of high I was with just half one of those pills. I mean, I've done Coke. I've done a lot of other stuff, shrooms. This was like the biggest trip ever. And I hated it. Oh. And I and I said, no, man, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to just smoke my weed, <laughs> you know, and be peaceful <laughs> and take my gummies and, you know, watch some wrestling. But um, <laughs> so you're self-prescribed. Yes. So yeah, like I I I, I just I uh, yeah I couldn't I couldn't take the the hard stuff. So misophonia isn't in the DSM five which is like the book of psych psychology psychology and psychiatrists used to for diagnoses. No. Hmm, interesting, but yet you had like three different professionals recognize it. They recognize it, but they can't diagnose it. So they can't prescribe anything for it. They can prescribe something for what they think misophonia is a part of, which is ADHD, autism, Right. So I got, well, okay. I guess that kind of makes sense then. If it's more of a symptom of something bigger, then I guess it isn't technically its own thing. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just, as we're talking, I'm just thinking of all the annoying noises that drive me nuts. And it's like, I'm sitting here, <laughs> like, I'm getting triggered. I'm like on edge. I'm like, oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> I should have known. It's that time again for that Some Bunny special, a segment where we chat about who cooperated in our mental health journey and helped fill our emotional tanks. Brought to you by Co-op, which is a very Western Canadian business. I don't know if uh, London, Ontario has co-ops, but who would you like to give a shout out for, for when you, through life, needed someone? Ooh. Macho uh, Man Randy Savage. How do you know? <laughs> no, Randy is my favorite wrestler of all time. Um, Put into a slim gym. <laughs> You're going nowhere. <laughs> I would say, I guess you know, in wrestling terms, I was. Um, I got. I, I guess I've been beating up on my mom for this whole podcast. I guess I could put her over. So, um, uh, yeah, I guess my mom. You know, she. Uh, she's helped me. She's always been there. And she, uh, I mean, we went to battle, but at the end of the day, she, I knew she loved me and she was always there to support me and, and help me through everything and understood where I was at. And, um, while it took a few times to hurt for me to say, no, I don't want to go out today. Uh, leave me in the dark on my, in my bed. She finally like clicks in and says, yeah, maybe he does want to sleep all day and be in the dark. But, uh, <laughs> uh you know, deep inside, I know that she, whatever she did to try to get me up was all from love and I might've thought of it. Otherwise I know I'm ahead right now, so I'll shut up and <laughs> her back into the bottom. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess I would say my mom. Oh, nice. Well, and I mean, she let you stay in her basement and she's the one that got writing into your head. Exactly. Yep. She's the one who uh, inspired the book. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, that sounds pretty good. So yeah, I mean, that's generally how family is. It's like you want to kill them or you, you love them unconditionally and want to praise them. <laughs> right on. Exactly. Are, are you still, do you still go through depression and anxiety or was that more of a. All the time. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. It's not like you're, you're cured now. Far <laughs> <laughs> <Or> from it. <laughs> well, to be honest with you, for me, I mean, I consider that a symptom of my ADHD. Are, are you on meds for your ADHD now? No, I, I know. I just, those, um, I've had bad experiences with, with anti, with, uh, depression drugs or mental health drugs. However you want to call them. Um, they just, they just don't work. Well, so. the ADHD meds are different than, um, like anti-anxiety and antidepressive meds. Uh, they're actually, well, they're a little bit like cocaine actually. Oh yeah. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're, uh, uh, a, uh, stimulant. So I don't know. You might like it. I just saw my doctor again just about an hour. Well, yeah, this morning we had to reschedule because mm-hmm. I had to have a doctor's yeah. appointment and he's actually upping mine. So um, I'm all, I'll am i be on the maximum dosage of legal stimulant you can have. And which is funny because when I was kind of in my addiction times, a stimulant like that did not interest me at all. So. I'm not, I'm not trying to abuse them or talk my doctor into giving me more. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's just what I need, I guess, to get me focused and whatever. So. Well, it's like weed. I mean, we all started doing it in the park and, you know, behind your parents back. And now 30 years later, we're doing it right in front of them. And, and your parents are now interested in saying, Hey, how can I have these gummies for my back? Like, you know, it's, it's weird. Yeah. I, I haven't, well, I'm clean. I've been sober for almost seven years now, but 
Ooh, when I was using marijuana, I mean that was that was my jam. I Oh yeah. Yeah. My mouth still waters when I think about it, but <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for that, Shane. I learned a lot, and I related a lot, as as you could hear. So coming up this Saturday, there'll be another episode. I'm not 100% sure which one it'll be. I've got a few lined up here, so uh, it'll be good, no matter what. I've always got great guests, great conversations, so, so be sure to stay tuned for that. Also, make sure to stay tuned, because I've got a major announcement coming up in the next week or two, and uh, you don't want to miss that. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to make your beds. Take your meds. Bye.